Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This week, we are going to be looking at the Wise Cams, the Wise Cam V2 and the Wise Cam Pan. We unboxed them last week, but this week we're going to actually connect them to our phone and see how they operate. So if you're interested in setting up surveillance in your smart home for as little as $25, well, this is for you. Stick around. Uh, we've got a great show planned, so don't go anywhere. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit our website, Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the... Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome back. It's another week. Here we are at Category 5 TV, episode number 591. We are almost at 600 episodes. I still find that mind-blowing, mind-bending. And when people are asking about, hey, you know, what's Category 5 all about? It's like they are blown away that we're 12 seasons into this thing. Right. That's if you were Weekly. a first-time viewer today, how many hours of viewing is that then? Well, 591 exactly. well, or the so. Yes, or so. We, we went overtime sometimes. Sometimes. In the early days. Don't we worry, were, it's not going to happen tonight. Right. But that's a like that's a <laughs> I can't even, I, my, my brain doesn't number crunch, but what's 591 divided by 24? How many days straight would you? We need an Amazon Echo here to ask those kinds of questions too. Right. What's the question? Um, 591 divided by 24. Like how many days straight? Oh, how many days would 591 episodes be? Right. You know what I would do when, when I just need like quick answers is I, just... hop, I hop over to Google right. and I say 591 divided by 24 and it actually has a built-in calculator and it's like there are actually 24 days. So. <laughs> 24. <laughs> so if you want to binge Category 5, you are, that doesn't sound like a lot when you put it in that context. No. It does 24 hours a, a day. That's 24 hours with no a day. eating, no sleeping, no no. Yeah, anything. you're just straight you're watching just, the show. Like this is a unique form of torture, folks. <laughs> you are sitting there watching from day one in so, 320p. Okay. So I'm expecting people will like sleep and take food breaks. So you're gonna watch for 12 hours a day, of course, right? Oh, 12 hours. Okay, is so completely different. So now right? let's multiply that by two. Right. And now it's 49.25 days. Two months. Like that's an entire the entire summer season. Holy that, that cow! Is how long the Canadian this took is. 12 Bam. years of my life <laughs> and you just took it and made it into two months <laughs> I should have just like binge created the show and I could have just been sitting back on a beach somewhere <laughs> but no right. you just destroyed the vision I didn't Sasha. mean to I was actually you okay. were excited and, and you destroyed it for this is, we're 12 years in we're 12 years 12 years it will not take you 12 of years category to 5 technology right well if you watch one hour a week which is approximately the average then, of category 5 tv that, that's right yeah you'd watch two hours a week you'd watch the first and this one and then the second and next week oh right mind bending right so then you would eventually see me when did i start years. season five season five right so you'd see me like season five yeah. and then like well by the time season five you'll see me in season what i like, started in season one <laughs> right. 
Does that count? Yeah, you had hair. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, you had some I hair. I kind of had, like, if you watch it as a stop motion, you'll see the hair kind of grow in on the side a little bit and then shave and grow in on the side. That, that's just winter months. That's mm-hmm. all. That's how you can tell it is cold outside is that Robbie's got a bit of a goatee going on. The best thing is when you were trying to do, like, continuity for, like, particular shows where you had to... Like, keep your facial hair exactly the same. <laughs> exactly. So I had to tape it on so that it matched the the one from three years prior. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we do have a really fun show for you tonight. It's not all about looking back and Sasha taking it and making it sound like it'll only take you two months to watch the show. It's... About smart home tonight. We've That's got right. uh, we've got these cameras that we open up from WiseCam. Uh, we looked at these last week. We opened the box. We did an unboxing, and, mm-hmm. and we tried to. These days, we're trying to keep the unboxing separate from the actual product demonstration. Right. Part of that is that um, when you unbox something, well, you haven't experienced it yet. So you know, we don't really have a lot of knowledge about hey, how does it work if we just opened it? Right. So now I've had a. A few days, anyways, to play around with them. We're going to look at those and see how those work. So it's basically the smart home surveillance system. So you think about a surveillance system, and it might cost you a couple hundred bucks to install one in your home. But you can do this for only $25. Right. So it's a really, really good price point for somebody who wants to just add a little bit of surveillance um, that's not complicated to set up. Right. I have been personally waiting for this episode Mm -hmm. because I am so interested in these that have no clue. So Dave is watching. Oh, fantastic. Hi, Dave. And about... Dave is a pretty common name, so there were a few people Hello, right there who's like, the "Hey, Daves. that's me." <laughs> it's like Dave's. We're, we're in the Hi, proper room now. Yeah, nice to see you. Um, so that's what we're going to be looking at tonight, predominantly. I've also got a, a, a device from Odroid that we're going to be unboxing and taking a look at. Awesome. Uh, because we love our single board computers. Speaking of smart home controllers and being able to mash things up and create some really cool stuff. Um, anything cool in the tech world this week? Well, I received my boogie board sink. You did. I did. So this is the, so the boogie board sink that Sasha dropped. Okay, so we'll just take we'll just rewind. Yeah. I did. I it dropped it from such a small spot. I just don't want. Okay, okay. so you dropped it. Anyways, I called but them. It was I on broke a hard it. Floor. I, yes, and I I called them, and they they offered me a replacement, and then that's wonderful. And then they were really busy. So they said, oh, yeah, we're going to send you your replacement. No problem. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the product number of your machine? Sure. And I didn't have it on me because I was oh. calling from work. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'll just call you with it tomorrow. So I called and no answer. Then I called again. Oh, no. No answer. Then I called and just left a voicemail. They tricked you. And then I called like four days in a row. Yeah. Right? Whenever I had a moment. And you left another voicemail? Like, so there are three more boogie board sinks on their again. way? again. <laughs> 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 anyway, so... Chris, who is the guy who was helping me out at Boogie yeah. Board, he finally was able to answer the phone one of the times when I called. He's like, I'm so happy you called again. I've just been swamped taking in calls. I haven't been able to. Yeah. Right? So, like, I am so happy that this company is as busy as they are because they're amazing. And they make a great and, product. Yeah. I have to hand it to them. And the, he got my address, and yeah. within two days, I had my new product. Like I had so you brought the the broken one, and I yeah. see the broken one. It's on the set here, but it's just kind of off to the side. Yeah. But I don't want to show the broken one. We'd love to show the 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 good one. But what it is is it's a, an e paper tablet that you can write on, you can take your notes on, and it saves 
to files, like PDF files. Yeah. You can sync it to your, to your phone right. and save those PDF files directly to your phone and be able to actually stream. We've shown it on the show. Right. So here's the thing that I, I was explaining it to my class yesterday, mm -hmm. and I was saying, okay, so you draw a picture, say a diagram of a skin cell, we'll say. Sure. You draw, you draw a picture, you can save it, right, to Google Drive, and then you can just add oh. it to slides. Oh, right fantastic. now you're doing a presentation okay. in front of the class with pictures that maybe you couldn't find in stock photos, mm -hmm. but you could draw or you can write notes, right? You can, like, it's so versatile in the way you can use it. It's paperless yeah. and it's amazing. You, you can find out more at cat5.tv slash ePaper about this particular product. But what I love, like, I love a good product mm -hmm. and I do love the, the Boogie Board Sync. But I love, I absolutely love when a company supports their customers in a way like that where it yeah. was your fault to drop it. It was. But they said it was something like, well, you bought the case that was supposed to protect it, so we'll send you a replacement. Exactly. That is exceptional service. I will never, ever in my life diminish good customer service like oh, for sure good customer yeah. service is is absolutely what makes this world turn like it's when you people treat people like actual real human beings sure. amazing yeah yeah love it so thank you chris great job chris <laughs> and boogie board yeah and great product and uh that's very good. Very good indeed. Um, if you are a patron on Category 5, uh, we just want to say thank you uh, very much for supporting Category 5 TV. Of course, our network provides free family-safe content. Every single week, we mentioned at the top of the show that we've been doing this for 12 years, <laughs> not two months, 12 <laughs> two, years. Two straight months. <laughs> Every single week, we've got new content for you. It's all, you know, our goal anyways is to, to create family-safe content that you can enjoy with your, with your kids, and, and you don't have to worry that there's anything in it that is going to be inappropriate. And so that's, that's really our goal, mm -hmm. but yet making it entertaining and, and fun and educational at the same time and to be able to present you with some cool tech. So our patrons really help us to make that happen. There are other ways to support us as well like shopping through our partners and so on but our patrons are like that consistent it's like we don't take an income here but if i could compare it to something like a salary it's like just knowing we're going to have x number of dollars every single month and that is going to be there so it's like we can count on that that's what patronage is to us uh, because we know that that's going to be there every single month and so we thank you for supporting us in that way if you're not already doing so please check out our patreon page it's patreon.com slash category five and you can read all about what we're doing and how you can participate it's only a dollar a month so it's not a lot to spend but mm -hmm. everybody combined together um, so Supporting Category 5 can make it really strong, so we thank you for that. We do have to take a really quick break, but when we come back, Sasha, we're uh, finally going to be hooking up these cameras. We unboxed them last week. We're going to be setting them up, trying them out, yes. and actually testing them and showing you kind of how they work um, so that if you're on the fence about a wise cam, uh, we'll show you um, our experience anyways right here live in studio, and then you can make the decision yourself. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, 
You'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit Category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners and thank you for watching. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and tonight we are looking at the Wise Cams. Now, we've got the Wise Cam V2, and we've got the Wise Cam Pan. Now, both of these uh, cameras combined are going to give you a very affordable surveillance product. It's a right. smart home device, and we un unboxed these last week. So if you haven't seen it yet, please go to our website, category5.tv, or click cat5.tv slash wise, and you'll be able to see that video as well. Um, but in the unboxing videos, we don't hook them up, and we don't actually get to see how they work. So over the past couple of days, I've had a chance to hook these up and experience, you know, what, what they're like to operate. Right. And I got to say, especially at this price point, I'm really impressed. Okay. These are 1080p uh, smart cameras, so smart home cameras. Right. Um, that are comparable with a much higher priced device. So this is the V2, and as we saw in the unboxing video, it's just a basic stand, but uh, it is a very clever design so that you can, you can articulate it in many, many different ways. But what else is very interesting about this is that it is magnetic. So anything that you have that is metal, it will stick to. So we found that you can actually stick it to corner beating. Right. Through the drywall or through the... Through the so that's a pretty strong magnet. Yeah, then. absolutely. It's pretty good. Certainly, you mentioned about a fridge and being able to... So look at how I can articulate this. So I can put it like that. Right. And the camera's pointed out and it's looking and so perfect. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, magnetically, that's cool. Now, these guys come with a little steel plate. Mm-hmm. Now, I called it a magnetic plate last week. Technically, this is not magnetic. This is just a piece of metal. The, the magnet is actually built into the base of the camera itself. Right. With some double-sided tape, mm -hmm. I can now take this and I can stick it up on my wall and put that where I want to have surveillance. And now I can take this camera and stick it to that magnet. And now it's got the ability to hang on the wall. Right. It's a really easy installation process, but because it's a magnet, I can then take it off the wall, and it's just a little circle disc on the wall. Yeah, and that's not ugly, right? No, it's and actually it's, quite nice. Exactly. It's like a brushed steel with the Wise logo. I wonder, do not they sell extra ones of those? They do, yeah. You yeah. can order more, but they come with it as well. So, But if you want, you're right, thinking like you want to be able to move it around. Exactly. Sure, yeah, you can, you can buy extras if you'd like. Um, should we actually get a look at how these devices operate? I'd love that. Me too. Me too. Okay, so again, if you haven't seen the unboxing yet, we did kind of get into what each device has as far as per peripherals and things like that. You want to get a look at that, um, and the link is below as well. Uh, one thing, Sasha, that I wasn't too sure about mm -hmm. is each device has... Interestingly, so this is the this is the PTZ model. So this is the WiseCam PTZ. It's a pan, tilt, zoom. Right. We're going to look at the specific, like we're going to actually try this in the app in just a couple of moments. So you're going to get to see what it actually does. But it has a USB port on the back. Right. So I thought, well, is that for like a USB flash drive or what is that for? But that doesn't really make any sense because it has an SD card reader that you would insert your SD card into. And that's what you're going to be storing the data on. 
for the camera itself. So what could that be? Turns out this USB port is a daisy chain port for power. Oh. Okay. So each device comes with one of these power bricks. Mm-hmm. But do you want to have one plugged in at every camera? Especially in a case where you've got, say, two or three cameras in a pretty close proximity to one another. Right. So instead, what I can do is I can, in the back of the camera, I can plug in the power cable for the next camera. That is... For the second camera. So now this camera is being powered by this camera, and this camera is being powered by the wall ward. That's perfect. Isn't that cool? So this camera is just booting up now. I'm going to put this on top, and I'm going to just kind of point it our direction and I'm going to bring up my smartphone here and let's see what uh, what we see I just heard it click so it's just about ready to go so I'm going to click on wise 2 okay and it's going to connect in if it has finished booting if it hasn't finished booting I can go back and let's take a look at the PTZ camera which is finished what is really really cool about the PTZ now I'm going to use my finger sash okay and I'm just going to drag with my finger, and you're going to see that the, the camera, uh, let me put this where you can actually see it on, on set. So okay. I'm going to put that right there. <laughs> I know it's not perfect, but it's, it's going to work okay. for you. So this is the PTZ camera, okay? Right. So in the app, you see the app there on the right-hand side of your screen, and you're looking at the back of my computer screen. I'm going to just kind of, I'm just going to drag with my finger, Sasha. Yeah. And see what I'm doing? Is yeah. I'm actually turning the camera and moving up a little bit. Bananas. Now, Jeff was wondering about the zoom capability. Right. I'm going to pinch zoom. You ready? Yeah. See that? So I'm actually pinch zooming just like you would on a photo no within the way. app. That yeah. is ridiculous. So and that awesome. is. Yeah. <laughs> but that's digital zoom. So it's not actually moving in on an optical right. apparatus, it's, it's digital zoom on a 1080p canvas. Mm-hmm. So it, but you can see that the quality, that's fantastic. Right. That camera is $38 and it has PTZ. And can you Frozen. be at work? Yeah. Anywhere. Huh. Let's reconnect. Okay. There you go. So, so the camera is connected to my Wi-Fi. Right. And I can be anywhere with the app, and I can see the camera just as you're seeing it there on the screen. I can also see things like if there were events that have, a, have happened. Um, okay. There are events at the bottom here, and you can see there are currently no events because I haven't set up any triggers for events. Let's look at WISE 2, which should be booted by now. There we go. So WISE 2, this is a stationary V2 camera, and so this one... You're just going to point it where you want it to be, and that's what it's going to look like. So it, that's like the wide view of your office or something like that. Right. It, it works very, very well for that purpose. And you can see there on the screen that that's, that's how it looks. It, again, features uh, pinch zoom. So okay. I can do that. But otherwise, it's not pan tilt zoom. It's just zoom. It's just zoom. So you can't turn it like you can with the pan, but you can, you can zoom in on it and you can set up all the other options. So these are great. Uh, we had the discussion last week about how Jeff's neighborhood, he's concerned about the fact that people are breaking into cars. Right. So these little guys, for 25 bucks a piece, you can plug these into um, something like our USB charger for our phone. Right. And put this on the dash of your car, even two of them, daisy chained together, looking out each window. And then if someone creeps up, how's the quality on this? 
if I right. was to be looking inside your car. Right. Okay. But then you say, well, it's probably going to be dark if anyone is going to break in. Right. It okay. would. Yeah, it would be. So okay. you, you look into there, and okay. I'm, I'm going to step off the set here, and I can I'm actually like see my phone change. right now. <laughs> but I'm going to head over here, and we, you know, we don't have anyone else to do this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill the lights. And, Sasha, behind you, there's another light switch to kill the final light. Uh, oh. You see it there? Yes. Kill that for me. And we're going to see okay. the... So now so I'm it is front. pitch black in the studio right now, right. other than uh, your laptop screen. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, that's this. Can you see? Yeah. You, you, can see, you can see yourself on the yeah, TV. Yeah, I can see myself. But in the room itself, it's pitch it's black pitch right black. now. It's pitch black. If you... Well, uh, folks can see that. Folks can see that on the yeah. screen. Oh, I yeah. No, it's, it's there we quite... Go. I'll turn back. And you see how... So now it's, the... Yeah, it's crisp. The uh, night vision has turned off. So I just wanted to show you how the night vision works. Yeah. It turns on as soon as the lights go out or as soon as it's dark, and then now you can still see. Now, it's not obvious either, right? Like, this no. wasn't glowing or no, doing anything. No, I love that to, about it. Right? So if you could hide it in a discreet spot, mm -hmm. especially if they're... If they are getting car break-ins, because nobody's going to break into your car. You guys grasp that for a second, what Sasha's saying? I mean, Sasha's trying to explain this, but the infrared of a night vision camera is usually pronounced. Right. You can usually see the red light. Yes. With these cameras, I don't know... I'm going to point this directly at your camera so that you can see, and we're going to turn off the lights again. Okay. So that on the right-hand side, you're going to still see the, the view, but okay, Sasha, ready? Go. Yep. So can you guys see? Can oh, you see me? The screen is so bright. <laughs> yeah. All right. But. How crazy is that? So with that, you don't, you don't actually see any light. You don't right. see any infrared. I love that. It's I think that's super so cool. so discreet. Yeah. Now, Speaking of discreet, though, it is a box. Yes. I like what they've done with this. The design of it is a little bit boxy, mm -hmm. and it's not something that is, it's not a spy camera. Right. It's a surveillance camera. Exactly. This is not something that's going to be hidden somewhere so indiscreet that you're worried about that. Right. It's a surveillance camera. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it speaks to, like, you, you notice it, mm -hmm. right? But, if, but again, like, for Jeff's particular situation, it wouldn't... The car. Exactly. Yeah. So, I... Great view there of the back of my laptop. How do you like that? Okay, let's go through the so, settings and take yeah. a look. So, on this camera, let's go through uh, event recording. So, we've got detecting of motion. Check. We want to record if that happens. Detecting sound. I don't want that because there may be sound that is not necessarily somebody breaking in. But you can okay. turn that on, and now it will start recording um, to the cloud anytime there is sound. I'll explain that in just a couple of moments. And then you saw push notifications as well. Detection settings. This is important. Detection zone. You need to specify the detection zone if you want to use that, um, the notification service. That if there is motion, right. it will detect it and it will alert you. So if that's off, it won't alert me. Now with it on, it will now alert me if there's any motion within that box. Oh. I can change that box. Okay, so just if I... There you go. Yeah. See that? On the right-hand side of your screen? Brilliant, right? Okay, so jump back. And sensitivity, I can adjust that. Sound sensitivity, if you want it, it's there as well. Alarm settings. If the smoke alarm or the CO2 alarm goes off, do you want to be notified? Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Advanced settings. This is cool. You've got night vision, auto, or on, or off. Oh, okay. So I can actually forcibly turn on night vision like that. So now oh, I'm in okay. night vision mode, and then I can click on this icon up at the top right to change that as well. Um, okay, back in advanced settings, I've got local storage. So this is important, understanding the SD card functionality. So I've got it set to continuously record on a 16-gig uh, card. It's showing as 15 gigs, and it's formatted FAT32. Now, the SD card functionality, that's where it's going to record your video to. Right. The cloud functionality, it's going to record little clips when there are events. So these okay. are like 10-second, 14-second clips. So if there's movement, so if I'm in my office and somebody's moving around in the studio, it will record a 14-second clip to alert me that there's motion. And then I can see that on my phone and I can see, oh, somebody's moving around in the studio. Right. It's just this little clip that's uploaded to the, the cloud absolutely free for me to be able to view it on my phone. Now within the app, because I have an SD card installed, I can actually load up that camera and I can go view playback and I can see now right now because we just connected the camera I can uh, there's nothing there but I can actually see in the timeline any motion that's been going on okay anything that's been happening on the camera brilliant how hard is it to connect a new camera super simple okay and I wanted to actually show you how to do this because I think I this is important yeah so what I'll do is I'm going to daisy chain another camera here. Okay. So I've got another V2, which I'm going to plug into the back of this one. So I now have three cameras daisy chained together, which is the maximum on a single power brick, I should say. And I'm going to plug this camera in here. Okay. So now it's just powering up. Okay. Should be. Yep. I've got an orange light on the back there. Okay. Okay. Once it starts flashing... Then I know it's finished booting. And in my app on the right-hand side here, I'm going to click on the plus button. And then it asks me what type of camera I want to add, which is the Wise Cam. And it says, okay, well, we need to push the button on the bottom. So on the bottom here, I'm just going to touch that little button. Oh, okay. I need to hold it in maybe. It's really awkward. Oh, it's still booting. Okay. Okay, step three is press and hold the setup button until you hear the prompt ready to connect. And it will. Okay. Orange light is solid, so I'm just waiting. Okay. Maybe daisy chaining is not perfect. Let's see. I'll try booting it again. I do find the pan takes a little bit more power. Okay. So daisy chaining, probably the V2 together is a little better than a pan into a V2 into a V2. Right. So I may not have quite enough power. If that's the case, then I'll just unplug the other V2 and we'll try then. Let's see here. There we go. Okay, it's flashing. Let's try again. Find the button. There it is. And I'm just holding it up so you can hear yeah, there's not, not quite enough power there, I can yeah. tell. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disconnect this one. So the daisy chaining on the, uh, like the provided unit, so these are 1,000 milliamps or one amp. Right. Um, so they're not very powerful uh, adapters. Mm -hmm. You could put a two-amp adapter on it. You could buy a more powerful adapter, and you'll be able to power more cameras. So they do say that it's going to power two. We just 
saw here tonight that two, uh, the, or they, they say that it's going to power three. I think it's only going to power two, realistically, if you've got the pan. Okay. Because I'm powering all three cameras off of the same power brick. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, once you were to set it up, mm -hmm. you could do the three. No problem. Or is it, does it take extra power to set up? No. It, well, no. But if you have a more powerful then you, then power brick. That would be the this best This one's case. only one amp. Yes. So get a two amp adapter and then maybe you can add three or four cameras. Okay. We just found that one of these at one amp is not enough for three cameras, even though they say it is. That's what we wanted to hear. Yes. So now on your screen, you see I'm going to hit next. And then it asked me for my password. Now, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to remove my phone from the screen because, and I wanted to tell you this, um, because I've seen, I've seen some people on, uh, on YouTube that have been showing their, their QR code. The QR code I reverse engineered. So I'm just holding this. QR code scanned. So it, it just scanned a QR code from my phone. And now I'm going to bring back up the phone, and it's connecting to now that it's scanned that, uh, that code. So I reverse engineered the QR code, and it actually contains plain text of my networking settings. It's oh, okay. base 64 encoded. It just said setup completed. Um, the, the QR code contains base 64 encoded plain text settings for your Wi-Fi network. So you don't want to show that to anyone. It's private information. Um, and that's why I've masked it here tonight. So I'm going to assign this a device name. I'm going to call this Wise One. Okay. Because I've just simply name, um, numbered all my cameras. There we go. And finish setup. So now, there, we've got Wise One. And I'm going to click on that. And now we've got three cameras all connected. Now Wise Two is off because I've disconnected the power now. Let's see if it comes up. Oh, you Wise One. Here it one. comes. There it is. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Okay, so now back to settings, because we were looking at settings. Mm -hmm. um, what else do we have? In advanced settings, we've got the ability to turn on and off the camera status light so that somebody doesn't actually see that the camera is on. You can rotate it 180 degrees. So if you hang it upside down, you can actually oh. rotate it so that it's Shifted upside down, basically. That's right. going to fix the orientation if that's the case. Uh, you can add a timestamp watermark. By default, that's on. I'm going to turn off the WISE logo. Um, do you want to record sound? Yes, I do. And then go into local storage and see what's happening here. Okay, we've got, again, it's detecting as a 15 gig card. Uh, that's a micro SD card that I have inserted into the base of this unit. Oh. Um, that's just a 16 gig micro SD, which will give me uh, about a day, day and a half of continuous recording okay. on that card. Okay. Any questions at this point? So far, so good. So far, so good. That's it. How... It's secure, like nobody could hack into your camera. Yeah. Well, this camera is now tied to my Wise account. So right. it's connected to my app. There's no web access to that particular camera. Okay. It's all part of my app and it's an encrypted connection. All the, all the communication between my app, the camera, the camera and the cloud, it's all bi-directional encrypted. Okay. End to end, it's an encrypted connection. So as it posts videos to the cloud it's in a private section for this camera for this account and it's encrypted 
So only okay. I can open that. If I remove that camera and sell it to someone else, they don't have they access don't have to it. those okay. videos either. Um, jumping back here, let's see if I have any events. No. So how do I get events? So if I open my Wise One Cam, go into settings and go into detection settings and turn on my detection zone, now I've got a detection zone. So there will be movement detected on that camera. So now if I bring up more and then hit motion tagging, now let's see what happens if I start moving around. I'm going to turn on motion tag and there we are. So now if I walk, right, it sees that there's motion. It's not putting a box necessarily right around me, but if there you I go. If I move too, it'll... Yeah, it should, should detect should both of us. Do, do, do. There you go. There we go. Cool, right? <laughs> uh, we've got the ability to do time-lapse video, which is kind of a neat little bonus. Um, and that's, that's really it for the V2. The V2 is more basic than the pan. Let's bring back up the pan. Right. There we are. And this one, again, I can move around. So I can actually move that camera. See that? Mm -hmm. See how it's physically moving? That boggles my mind. Yeah. So now I'm going to click on that. This one has more stuff. Motion tracking. Check this out. So now it's going to see the motion and it's actually going to follow me. Oh. Hey. Hi. And it's going to actually kind of follow me. I'm not moving it with my hand. It's actually following me digitally. Neat. So the neat cool. thing about that is if you have it set up in such a way that it's pointed at a particular area um, for detection, and then it sees someone walk in, it will follow them. Right. But then if they walk off, now 15 seconds later, it will revert back to the original position. So how do we change that? We go into our advanced settings on the, for the pan. This is only the pan. And we go into our detection settings and change our detection zone. And here, we would actually pan it to where we want the detection zone to start. See that? So oh, okay. let's say this is our detection zone. That's where it's going to always default to. So now, even if it moves somewhere else, It'll after 15 seconds of no movement, it will come right back to this position okay. watching the door, right. presumably, or whatever else. Um, and then, to take it one step further, we can set up uh, various points where we want to be able to uh, move the camera. So that is part of the pan scan feature. Let's see if we can get into that. Uh, is the microphone good enough to um, use for a podcast? No. Because no. Who was saying that? It was like it's okay for sound. Yeah. I, it's got bi-directional audio. You see on the app there, on the right-hand side of your screen, I've got voice and sound. So, okay. so I could actually, if I push the voice button, hi, we're getting feedback now, but you could hear, yeah. it's yeah. like, it's tinny. It's like bad speaker phone quality. The sound is not, um, is not the selling point, but it's nice to be able to, you know, if someone broke in, you could, you could hear, hear what what's happening, saying. what they're saying. If, right. Yeah, absolutely. So that, there's something about that that is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see what else we have. Right. Motor controls. We can change the speed. Look at that. The rotation speed of the camera. And within that is the pan scan settings, which is a little bit nested. I didn't like that it was so um, hidden in there. But let's, uh, so let's, Press the first one and set. Now, click on the second one and move that. 
to Sasha. Okay. And set. Okay. Click on the third one. I'm just going to kind of control it here. Zoom, move up and set. And then the fourth one, let's just say it's going to be looking at the roof. Can I do that? That's No, that's about as high as it goes off of the desk. Set. How about that? Okay, so I have three shots set up. One, two, three, four, I should say. Four. Let's move that back over here and set. Okay. So if I save that mm -hmm. and then I go back here and I click on more and then pan scan, it will actually move between those shots. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. There we go. Oh, I have a question from the Foo as well. Do all the cameras need to be on the same Wi-Fi, like, or can one be at Not work, perfect. one at home, and one? It's getting there. Like, can can you have them set to different Wi-Fi networks, but controlled by the same app? Yes. Yes. Yes, you may. Good. Uh, because when you scan that QR code, it's scanning the network settings for the network that you're currently on. Oh, so I can beautiful. put these in all different locations. Yes. And then be able to access them from anywhere. Right. Okay. So yeah. like if you wanted to have one at the studio and, still, and have one at your work. Yes, right? absolutely. Have one just watching cool. your favorite pen at work. Like, is anybody touching that? Yeah, right. <laughs> so there you go. The, the second camera is not connected. First camera. I, I, I feel like maybe the daisy chaining is not very good. Right. I really kind of feel I that way, that folks. I think the pan tilt zoom one. That it's one. It's fine. Takes, it, yeah, it maybe has a lot. It takes more power. I think so. Like so I think maybe daisy I'll chaining. That from that. Yeah, daisy chaining these guys here seems good to me. Together. Yes. But not the pan. Right. That one seems to be Okay. Hungry. So the final thing that I would want to test is how these operate powered by just a battery. Right. Okay. So I've I've done that. Let's take two of these. Okay. Can I connect two of these together to my cell phone charger? Because I want to know if I were to put this in my car and right. leave it kinda of overnight or whenever. Um Will it, will it work okay? There you go. Both of them are powering up on the battery, no problem. These are both just plugged in. I probably want to buy a couple of shorter cables for it because it's a little bit flimsy. Right. There you go. So think of one pointed each direction on your dashboard of your car and just powered by a battery pack. And how's it looking? Oh, oh that's there's perfect. one. Yeah. There's the first one. And second one. Try again. Try again. Is it powering up? Both of them have a light. So I've got one. Absolutely. Which one is that? Can you use that the one. daisy chain from the one you have to I probably could. Yeah. yeah. Try power cycling, it says. So, so that's not perfect. I mean, we're experiencing a couple of little issues here and there. But I think because we're live also, um, that that's a part of it. Mm -hmm. But it obviously works very, very well. 
and for the price point. So each of these being $25, and I'm doing something that you're probably not supposed to do. Yeah. But at $25 <laughs> a piece, right. I'm not afraid to try stuff and goof around with it and, and plug it into battery packs and plug it into and hang it off of fridges and whatever right. else because I can put these anywhere and they're just 25 bucks. And if for some reason the power is not good enough, then I can grab another power brick or something like that. Right. Like, I don't know that we have, like, a huge security risk where we live, but it doesn't cost a lot of money. And wouldn't it be nice to just have it for when we go away, right? To just, I mean, we're, again, not going to have a problem, Mm -hmm. but it would be really nice if there were a problem. Like, oh, let's say the smoke alarm went off. I would like to know that if we weren't. For sure. Yeah. Right. So we'd love to hear your feedback. If you've got a wise cam, don't feel like because, hey, maybe, uh, you know, like I, I could mess around with this and I could get the second one going. No problem. I'm plugging it into a power brick. Maybe it doesn't have enough power. I don't know. Right. But I'm not afraid to experiment and to try things like that with these because of the price point at $38 for a pan tilt zoom. And, and I'm messing around with it and fumbling with it. Whatever. I hung it from the roof this week just as an experiment. I've got a little quarter-inch threaded oh, yeah, uh, thing hanging from the roof. And I hung it from the roof, and I inverted it 180 degrees, and I set it to pan around the room and, and let me know if there was movement. And it worked fantastic. Beauty. The one thing, other than you know the couple of little blips here, um, the one thing that I did have trouble with was formatting the SD cards within the camera. It didn't work. So. Oh. On my computer, I formatted them FAT32 because you want FAT32, not XFAT, not NTFS. Take an SD card that's 32 gigs or under and format it FAT32, and these cameras will handle it, and that's what they like. Um, They say that that that's the most reliable um, file format, uh, file system uh, for these particular cameras, and that's going to give you the best reliability. I mean, you want to stick with what is supported, right? right? Um, So beyond that, I really haven't had any real issues. Right. And I can tell you that I'm going to have all these up and running, and it's not going to be a problem at all. They're just, but I'm probably going to plug them in separately. And I think, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I like the idea of the daisy chaining. It's not perfect. But I, right. I, in I a pinch, it would maybe work. Maybe if I put on another power adapter, a better power adapter. Yeah. Something that's two or th- two amps would mm-hmm. probably do a lot better. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So. $38 or $25, that's all it costs. You kind of got a sense from our app what, uh, what it takes to get that up and going. And uh, you can pick those up at cat5.tv slash wise. Um, I absolutely do think that they're great. I want to get that across. At this price point, I, it's fantastic. Yes. It records to the SD card, as you saw, in either continuous or on event. So continuous means it's going to be recording all the time. And once it fills up, it's going to record over previous days recordings Um, on event means it's going to take up less space because it's only going to start recording when it senses movement or sound depending on your settings that's kind of cool if you if you want to get like a week's worth of video instead of a day and a half right so but the advantage to having continuous recording is when the events go off you've got that 14 second clip on the cloud that shows you on your phone this is the, you know, something's happening. Now you can go to the SD card and say, okay, here's the whole video of everything that happened during that moment. Exactly. So then you can see more than just that 10, 14 seconds, which would be the event itself. Perfect. All right? Yes. Uh, we do have to take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to be looking at the Odroid C2. It's a new, uh, well, it's an SBC from Odroid uh, from Hard Kernel. Stick around. We're going to be unboxing that in just a moment. 
For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv slash shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv slash shirts. Welcome back. We're loving uh, single board computers here on Category 5 TV. And this week we're looking at the Odroid C2. Just a quick unboxing for you. You can get these at cat5.tv slash Odroid for, well, currently $46 US. Um, they're not an expensive board. Quickly in the box. That's it. A little bit of instructions there. And the single board computer itself. They require scissors, <laughs> so bring your scissors with you, folks. And just reach over here. Thankfully, I have some handy. There you are. The Odroid C2 is a 1.5 gigahertz, 64-bit quad-core processor, single-board computer. So it's uh, it's quite powerful, quite fast, uh, especially for this price point at $46. I'm very keen to find out what the giggle score on this is. Um, this is powerful enough to use as a home theater system. It's got 4K60 HDMI output. Um, you could even use it as a general purpose computer if you want to use it for just like web browsing and, you know, generally um, getting online with a, a single board computer. This has definitely got enough power for you. It's got two gigabytes of DDR3 RAM. Gigabit Ethernet. It's got four USB 2.0 ports. Uh, and I did see also we've got uh, USB OTG over here as well. Um, we've got a GPIO 40 pin. We've got infrared. This guy, I mean, this really strikes me as something that I could use for development. Uh, if you want to just kind of mess around with the GPIO, with infrared, you've got a couple of different options there. Um, if you want to start kind of messing around with um, being a maker, this looks like a fantastic board. I like that it came with the heat sink built in. Mm -hmm. This is something that I didn't have to purchase separately. I did not have to install it. This came on the uh, on the single board computer, which I really, really like. We've been looking at home automation, smart home. This would make a great controller for that as well. We've got a micro SD port here as well as eMMC. And when I say micro SD, I should say that is UHS-1. Um, so it's going to be faster than just a, a standard, like a Raspberry Pi micro SD port. And uh, that's all there is to that. I mean, it's pretty basic as far as what you see is what you get. Uh, we've seen enough single board computers to see um, what we're looking at here. But what can we actually put this in? I'm really, really excited about a company called KKSB. KKSB Cases. Um, we're going to have all of this stuff at cat5.tv slash odroid. But check this out. KKSB has sent us a, a C2 case. And what they're doing is they're doing um, aluminum cases for single board computers. If I can get into this. Let's get a look at this. Because I really want to have nice cases for my single board computers. And that is exactly what KKSB is doing. There we are. So this is, this is not plastic, this is aluminum. 
Got a couple of screws there and the top housing as well. So presumably, I'm going to be able just to put that right in here, the C2. There we go. Beautiful. Look at that. And this, now we do have four screw holes and we would screw those in for a permanent installation. For today, I'm just kind of showing you how this works. Uh, just to line up everything there. And there we go. Beautiful little case from KKSB. So that is the C2 in a KKSB case for the C2. And that is a nice solid aluminum case. Now I haven't screwed down the C2, so it's a little bit off, off uh, its uh, axis there. But of course you're gonna screw that into the case um, to install that. Just four screws that are included with it. Uh, but that is absolutely gorgeous. They've noticed uh, on the case as well to leave a an opening for the uh, infrared. That's all in there as well. Check it out at cat5.tv slash odroid. That is the C2. That is awesome. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I love the case. I love a good solid aluminum case. We've been looking at, you know, trying to find cases that are kind of uniform for all of our single board computers, but I love the solid, like the good strong aluminum in, yeah. instead of just plastic. And that's what KKSB is bringing us. And they're starting to bring out more cases for lots of different single board computers. So we're going to be looking at those uh, over the next little nice. while as well. I like that the heat sink is already attached too. Me too. I mean, I just, I, I don't know when I was building that other computer and I had to actually Having do to stick the, it on the, with the glue stuff. Was that the Raspberry Pi 3 or what were you doing? I was building Dave's computer back in the, like, Oh, right? oh the actual, but, like, yeah, desktop but, but computer. Like, right, to right, know right. that you don't have to do anything extra oh, yeah. for the heat sink, oh, you're fine. I just you're stuck good. it in the case and, yeah, yeah done, bam, done. Like it's Now, done. all I needed was four screws and it would have been perfect. But, exactly. yeah, that's, that's like what it. it is. Yeah. <laughs> we do have to head over to the newsroom. If you're all set, we'll head over to you. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. A recently discovered ransomware group has netted almost $4 million since August by adopting a big game hunting strategy. Qualcomm's patent lawsuit against Apple has been dismissed as groundless by a court in Mannheim, Germany. YouTube clips that depict dangerous or emotionally distressing pranks have been banned from the platform and Nike has launched self-lacing trainers which fit themselves to the shape of the foot and are controlled via a smartphone. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. This is the Category 5.TV Newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. 
A recently discovered ransomware group has netted almost $4 million since August by adopting a big game hunting strategy. The newfound ransomware selectively installs the malicious encryption software on previously infected targets with deep pockets. The method differs from the usual one of indiscriminately infecting all possible victims. Two analyses were published Thursday, one by security firm CrowdStrike and the other by competitor FireEye. Both reports say that Ryuk, as the ransomware is known, infects large enterprises days, weeks, or as much as a year after they were initially infected by separate malware, which in most cases is an increasingly powerful Trojan known as TrickBot. Similar organizations infected by TrickBot, by contrast, don't suffer the follow-on attack by Ryuk. CrowdStrike called the approach big game hunting and said it allowed its operators to generate $3.7 million worth of Bitcoin across 52 transactions since August. Besides pinpointing targets, which the resources to pay hefty ransoms, the method has another key benefit, the dwell time. That is, the period between the initial infection and the installation of the ransomware. It gives the attackers time to perform valuable reconnaissance inside the infected network. The reconnaissance lets attackers maximize the damage it causes by unleashing the ransomware only after it has identified the most critical systems of the network and obtained the passwords necessary to infect them. While uncommon, the reconnaissance isn't unique to Ryuk. SamSam, an unrelated ransomware that's caused millions of dollars of damage, infecting networks belonging to the city of Atlanta, Baltimore's 911 system, and Boeing, just to name a few, follows a similar path. There's no doubt, however, the technique is effective. According to the federal prosecutor, SamSam operators recovered more than $6 million in ransom payments and caused more than $30 million in damage. Thursday's reports leave little doubt that this approach is likely to grow more common. The FireEye researchers wrote, throughout 2018, FireEye observed an increasing number of cases where ransomware was deployed after the attackers gained access to the victim organization through other methods, allowing them to traverse the network to identify critical systems and inflict maximum damage. Wow. Um I think what the news story doesn't touch on, and yeah. maybe media in general isn't aware of this, but sometimes these types of attacks are multi-tiered. Mm -hmm. So an attacker may compromise a network, and then they do the reconnaissance, right? and then they sell that network to the actual attacking party. Oh. So... Social engineering tactics are used in order to gain access to a corporate network, and then that network is assessed by that attacker. Mm -hmm. And that attacker figures, okay, well, they have 300 computers. Um, they are probably a government organization. Maybe they even know who they are. Mm -hmm. And that increases the value for them to resell it. And right. the story doesn't even touch on it. Right. But it's quite likely that the whole reconnaissance thing is another attacker altogether. And then the value that they put on that network is what causes them to be the ones who are susceptible. Because, you know what, I'm not going to pay big dollars for the small networks. Right. So the small networks are generally safe. Are they safe? No. They still have that malware. But they're just not targets. They're not interesting to those who are actually paying mm -hmm. for the information to be able to gain access to those networks. Right. Like my work is not going to be targeted, probably. Your small business with, you it's, don't have electronic transactions that are, 
But yeah. th- the thing is, would you know in the first place? Are they smart enough just not to tell you in the first place that you've been infected? Right? So they infect you and then... and or. An like, infection these days, though? I mean, think in terms of an infection is not necessarily a virus or right. even a piece of malware. An infection, or and let's use a better term, uh, because, again, media is using the terms like infection. No, right. infiltration oh, okay. would probably be a better term these days. So if you're not aware that it's happened to begin with, then the reconnaissance can happen. But if you know, like, I guess there, it, there probably isn't mm. something like a shining beacon that's like, me, me, Oh, meh. by the way, somebody's like, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, but what can you do, like, from this point, if you have had an infiltration, do you just, like, throw everything out and start new? How do you even know where to start? now because it's now not. they have their your passwords and they have sure. your right so yeah. is it too late for these big game companies in the hunting sort of scenario for them yeah it'd be hard to recover that's for sure yeah I mean, you can get your data back you've got backups sure but those private things are still unveiled right i mean we talk uh, we've talked about data leaks and everything else mm-hmm. and it's like so it's multi-tiered it's multi-faceted these types of attacks mm-hmm. and are those companies uh, i think it's naive to think that it's just ransomware no ransomware is kind of the end game right no what what led up to the ransomware Reconnaissance. Reconnaissance means collection of the data. Right. Reading through confidential data and determining a value on that data and then selling that to the next highest bidder. Right. That's why those companies get attacked. Scary. Are there good guys as strong as the bad guys in this? Batman. (laughs) Right. There Uh. are anti-malware companies that are trying to thwart these types of attacks, but... Those anti-malware companies know as well as I do that it comes down to education. It comes right. down to customer, uh, people, end users knowing. I still, I, I mean, I sell anti-malware all the time, but I still hear, I just need antivirus. No, I don't want the firewall. But you do. You do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because these days, I mean, I, I go through it day in, day out. It's not viruses anymore. When when I was growing up, we had to deal with viruses. Mm-hmm. As I said, it's not infections anymore. It's infiltration. Right. And does an antivirus protect you against infiltration? No. Not at all. Yeah. Does a firewall protect you against infiltration? It is definitely a good point of defense. That's right. for sure. And not just the firewall that comes with Windows, but a bi-directional firewall that will stop the spread of things like ransomware. Right. That's key. Because, I mean, you need, you need to know. If you say you have 300 computers in your, syst- in your system, you have 300 people, let's say, or maybe even 600 if you're running two shifts, people running those computers, yeah. we'll say. Uh, clicks on what? <laughs> right, exactly. A chain is only as strong as its weakest link. I need a computer that's smarter than me, <laughs> right? That won't <clears throat> let me do something. Like, if I am, I have the habit of if something seems boggy, I just keep pressing okay. Right, but right? here's another example along that vein. Right? You get a firewall installed because yeah. we're talking about a firewall and exactly. how that can protect you against these kinds of attacks. And that firewall blocks you from being able to do something you want to do. Mm-hmm. Do you turn off the firewall? That's the question. And so if the users have that capability to be allowed to turn off their firewall, they will do it. And I encountered this today. 
Mm. Last night, Windows 10 updated itself on the Wirecast broadcast system. Okay. So now my Nagio server, my NEM server, is going crazy saying I can't access that system because when it updated, it blocked ping in the firewall. So my Nagio server started saying I can't ping that server, that server's down. Right. So I'm getting notifications and wondering, well, the server's up and it's working, so why am I getting notifications? And of course, that first instinct is turn off the firewall and see if it works. Sure enough, it works. Okay, we'll turn back on the firewall and then find out what's going on. Okay, well, my Nagio server is pinging and mm-hmm. the pings are being rejected by the firewall, so I need to disable just, I need to allow pings to get through. Right. Because that's something that I personally want. But- so, an IT administrator has to be responsible for that. Exactly. So the users don't turn it off. Right. So every company just really needs to have a Robbie. Not a Robbie, but education for the staff. A Robbie. Learn from things that you hear here, I suppose. Yeah. Um, You know, just there's lots of great research online, but you definitely have to be privy to that kind of stuff you have to be fearful because fear i think makes you behave you can't just be recklessly disabling you know firewalls and making weak passwords and doing all the weird things that people do solbu is in our chat room and says updates should not be allowed to change firewall settings and i agree i was shocked that windows firewall changed its own settings on a Windows machine, and I'm behind a NAT firewall, and I have good firewalls here at the studio, but that software suddenly took over. Yeah, no. Oh. It's creepy. Yeah. Ah. Well. Just got to be, you got to be smart about this kind of stuff, and as an, as an IT administrator, we need to make sure that our users don't have the capability, permissions-wise, to disable the very things that are protecting our networks. Right. Because 10%, can you guys believe this? 10% of people in an office environment will open the attachments on phishing scam emails. And that number is going to increase as we see a rise in spear phishing attacks, right. which are targeted, which will say, hi, Sasha, um, I need you to open this file and print it for me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Looks like it's coming from the boss. If it, yeah. Spear phishing is very convincing. Right, depending on who the, it looked like it came from. Yeah. Like, if it looked like it came from If you from got you, an email from me yeah. that said, here's a file I need you to, to print for me, I, I, you may not even think about it. You may not even, I wouldn't know to be suspicious until afterwards and then think, huh. huh how come that encrypted all my files? Yeah. Yeah. How come I can't <laughs> click anything anymore? Exactly. Hmm. Qualcomm's patent lawsuit against Apple has been dismissed as groundless by a court in Mannheim, Germany. The chipmaker had argued Intel-powered iPhones infringed a transistor switch patent it holds. But in an initial verbal decision, the court disagreed. Qualcomm has said it will, it will appeal. In a statement, Don Rosenberg, Qualcomm's executive VP and general counsel, said Apple has a history of infringing our patents. Only last month, the Munich Regional Court affirmed the value of another of Qualcomm's cutting-edge patents against Apple's infringement and ordered a ban on the import and sale of impacted iPhones in Germany. That decision followed a court-ordered ban on patent-infringing iPhones in China as well as recognize, recognition by an 
ITC judge that Apple is infringing on Qualcomm's IP. The Mannheim court interpreted one aspect of our patent very, very narrowly, saying that because a voltage inside a part of an iPhone wasn't constant, the patent wasn't infringed. We strongly disagree and will appeal. Apple responded saying, we are happy with the decision and thank the court for their time and diligence. We regret Qualcomm's use of the court to divert attention from their illegal behavior that is the subject of multiple lawsuits and proceedings around the world. The pair have been embroiled in an increasingly bitter and global legal battle in recent years as Apple has shifted away from using Qualcomm chips in its devices. This sounds just a little bit complicated. Like this, yeah. it just sounds. We said it last week. We just yeah. we're not privy on patent law. Right. So they, I think they were expecting this in in the situation in the first place. Isn't that why the German court needs you to have the money to back if you lose? I don't. I'm not quite certain on the situation. It, had it but, gone on further, had yeah. it gone for a month, and Apple lost a lot of sales because they were not allowed to sell in Germany, for right. example, then the money that Qualcomm had put up front would have offset that. Right. But in this case, it's like, I, I don't even want to touch on patent law. I, mean, I don't get knows? it. I feel like... Uh, if you wrote a book that, like the, the the bat in the hat, like this is what it seems like to me, right? Like infringement. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like hearing statements from both companies. Yes. Apple is a child. It really, to me. Yeah, they just seem. They're constantly dropping. Oh well, Qualcomm is. Is, is yeah is bad and and i don't like any company that does that right i know if like, i were let to the, be... let the law decide exactly. don't don't try to sway people's opinions by putting into your responses negative negative connotations toward the person who like it's just it's it's about mindset and i just don't like that because I'm... they're trying to sway the populace into believing their side of the story yeah. which is not cool which i mean good luck to them because people are smarter than that apple i'll tell you well i think so but there's a lot of people who buy every apple iphone right but i feel like that could be dwindling right it is dwindling. like qualcomm's technologies that come out are mind-blowing and mm -hmm. super advanced and like the cutting edge of things right like i'm more interested in all of the things that qualcomm has coming down the line than i am in any thing that apple might Even nvidia be. yeah <laughs> <laughs> nvidia is mind-blowing right now but right yeah huh? i don't know we'll consumers see. let's see if they wise up and and stop buying apple products we'll see yep <laughs> YouTube clips that depict dangerous or emotionally distressing pranks have been banned from the platform. The move comes in response to so-called challenges that have sometimes resulted in death or injury. The Google-owned video sharing site said such material had no place on YouTube. However, the firm appears to be failing to enforce its existing rules on harmful content. Some of the videos have attracted many millions of views. YouTube said it worked to aggressively enforce our monetization policies to eliminate the incentive for this abuse. But enforcing its new rules on pranks may prove 
even more difficult given ambiguity over what may or may not be considered harmful. A message added to the site's frequently asked questions section reads, YouTube is home to many beloved viral challenges and pranks. That said, we've always had policies to make sure what's funny doesn't cross the line into also being harmful or dangerous. Our community guidelines prohibit content that encourages dangerous activities that are likely to result in serious harm. And today, clarifying what this means for dangerous challenges and pranks. From now on, the site said it would not allow videos that featured pranks with a perceived danger of serious physical injury. This includes pranks where someone is tricked into thinking that they're in severe danger even if no real threat existed. The new rules come in response to several instances of pranks and stunts that are seriously ill-advised at best and deadly at worst. I hope that they can pull it off. I do too. And you know what? The thing is, I have so much hope in common sense and humanity. I am a cheerleader for making the right decisions. But I will tell you that I hear these crazy challenges. And, I mean, you can watch a Netflix show, a movie, yeah. and then... It's, it can't be just YouTube. It's got to be other platforms right? as well. And then get this idea in your head, right? Mm. And then all of a sudden you've started this cycle and there are copycats out there. Sure. And what you're do I mean, let's just say that the original person who had the thought of, let's say it's parkour, or let's say it's planking, or let's say it's mm. something, right, where somebody has the physical ability to do it, does it and pulls it off, and people watch that video, and then they're like, I can also climb a crane. But it's always, I trouble. have to step it up one yeah. notch higher right. until finally it's deadly, and, right. and that's really concerning. But the news is just as guilty. Yeah. Like the, the mainstream news... Mm -hmm. The stuff that we hear about on our day-to-day, -day and, and you talk about copycats, and it's, it's just the world that we live in. So to, it, it has to be more than YouTube. It is more than YouTube. Because as soon as YouTube locks down this kind of stuff, there's going to be another platform that rises up, and that's the go-to place right. for that kind of content. I just, I wish that people understood the value of their life. Like, don't do something, so, don't blindfold yourself mm -hmm. and drive your car. Yeah. Don't eat a Tide Pod. Like, don't do these silly challenge things that are going to harm you or kill you because you're an important person in the society and I would like you to be alive and not just famous on YouTube for some crazy thing that got you hurt. There's too many tragedies yeah. that we hear about. <sighs> I don't like it. So... Nike has launched self-lacing trainers, which fit themselves to the shape of the foot and are controlled via a smartphone. It's the latest iteration of the futuristic footwear, first referred to back in the film Back in the Future Part 2 and made reality by Nike in 2016. The latest version, called Nike Adapt, will cost $350 and will not require a physical button to activate the laces. Eric Evar, Nike's creative director of innovation, said, We picked basketball as the first sport for Nike Adapt intentionally because of the demands that athletes put on their shoes. During a normal basketball game, the athlete's foot changes and the ability to quickly change your fit by loosening your shoes to increase blood flow and then tightening again for performance is a key element that we believe will improve the athlete's experience. <laughs> Users can customize the fit and control through a smartphone app which will store fit preferences. They can input different fit settings for different moments in the game, loosening
positioning it for a timeout and tightening before they re-enter the game. When they step into a shoe, a custom motor and gear will sense the tension needed by the foot and adjust accordingly. The app will also store the data, which athletes can choose to share with Nike. The shoe goes on sale in February. Smart technology where I never expected it. Right. I actually, like, I don't play basketball, as you might not have known. I don't play basketball. Right. But can I, you believe it? I do run on a treadmill, and my shoelaces come untied all of the time. <laughs> um, so you think these would be the answer? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not going to buy basketball. Like, eventually, I'm going to buy these shoes when they come out in different forms. Just self-lacing. Right. Just, just to be able to... Right. Feel like I was in Back to the Future. Right. I mean, I'm training to be a PSW. I'm sure that the elderly hey. could, could very specifically use these shoes, right? Mm -hmm. I, or some iteration of it. It doesn't necessarily have to be this sophisticated. Right. I mean, I they don't, don't have to be on their smartphone. I don't need different programs for my sneakers, but right. hey, be able to lace them up without having to bend over. That's right. fantastic. I need to have the independence that I no longer need to depend on somebody else to lace up my shoes, mm -hmm. right? Cool. I like it. Really quickly, according to CoinGecko, here's what the crypto market looked like as of 1800 hours Eastern time on Wednesday, January 16th, 2019. Bitcoin dropped a little bit, lost $389.37 USD, taking it down to $3,588.87, our loss over the past week. Litecoin is down at $31.15 USD per Litecoin. Ethereum is at $121.97, also losing down uh, $26.97 US. Monero is at $45.50, and the small guy, Stellite, is at 2.51 ten thousandths of a cent, and TurtleCoin is at 1.38 ten thousandths of a cent, not losing a lot, 0 0.02 ten thousandths of a cent. Remember, the cryptocurrency market is always changing, never, ever closes, so be careful out there, folks. Be careful. <laughs> Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm Robbie Ferguson. Thanks, everybody, for being here this week. And I hope that you've enjoyed yourself. And we will just look forward to seeing you again next week. Next yes. week, we've got some more... Um, uh, single board computers that we're going to be looking at. We've got a fair few coming in, you know, as we're now in 2019. We also have an exciting interview that we're going to be uh, conducting next week. If you are at all interested in artificial intelligence, well, we're going to be hearing from someone who has talked to those who develop it. And uh, you do not want to miss out next week. All right, everybody have a fantastic week and we'll see you then. Bye.